Welcome back to Texas by Design. We're glad to have you back. Um, I'm here today with uh, Tobin Sinach, our Chief Operations Officer uh, at Jones and Carter. Tobin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Clayton. Yeah, so Tobin, you and I have had a chance um, over the last five years to be a part uh, of some really significant transformation at Jones and Carter. Uh, I think it's been a lot of fun. So I, I'd like to spend some time today walking through uh, that journey from, from your perspective uh, and discussing some of the key lessons learned uh, that, that, that we've taken away from that experience. So if you don't mind, Tobin, do you mind kind of kicking us off? Talk to us a little bit about Jones and Carter's profile from the standpoint of uh, top line revenue and employee count in 2015 versus now. So we've, we've come a long way in the past five years since 2015. Uh, our top line revenue has nearly doubled and our employee count has only gone up by about 50%. Wow. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Talks a, a lot about efficiency, which, which I know you, you love uh, improved efficiencies in your role. So significant growth. Uh, I think it's worth noting uh, for our audience, all of that growth really has been organic. We, we have not done any M&A work, no acquisitions uh, in that five-year period. So it's pr pr pretty substantial growth rate for an organic growth model in that period. So we did some acquisition work back in the early 2000s. Um, haven't really done any since. And we've steered away from that in particular over the last five years. Can you talk to us about what really has driven Jones and Carter to stay out of the M&A game over the last five years? Well, the primary thing was back in 2015, we were a much different company and we'd gone through some transitions and we hired Bob Aylward as our CEO and president. And he steered us in the direction of organic growth over acquisitions based on his past experience. And based on our past experience, it wasn't a bad idea either. And so um, in 2015, we did some self-evaluation. We peered within ourselves to take a look at what it was going to take to grow. And one of the things that we noticed was that we really weren't very culturally aligned mm -hmm. internally. We had different pockets of groups of people with different cultures. We were many companies under one banner, and it, it, uh, it was holding us back. So we decided to embark upon creating um, a unified list of core values that were actionable and to help start shaping our culture into, into one culture. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up culture. I mean, I think what, what we've really found is that I think out of all the success metrics, the thing that has probably driven us the most to, to, to be successful has really been our cultural alignment. And that was a, a big shift for us over the last five years to, to, to get to that point. Um, can you walk us back through um, that process that we took to really work in an effort to unify the company culture? So I think it's, I think it's about identifying what you want your culture to be and then taking a look at what it's going to take to get there. So um, you'll notice aberrant habits and, and things that people are doing that don't match where you want your culture to be. And so you have to go and you either have to modify the behavior or make some changes. And we did that. And it's a long process. It takes years to, to really turn that ship. And so it's, it's still, it's still a, a work in progress at Jones and Carter. But uh, I can say that we're much more aligned today than we were in the past. And, and, it, and I think it's, part of it's attributable to the fact that we, we talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's something that, that's talked about frequently. Yeah, yes it is. We, we talk about it a lot. We talk about it when we recruit. We talk about it in our meetings. We talk about it in our, our employee reviews. Um, I think we spend a, a lot of time talking about culture. And really I think what, what we have found is um, kind of the topic I'd like to move on to a little bit is you know, when you're working to differentiate your service offering 
mean, it really has to be rooted in your culture. That's that's what we have found anyway. That's where we, we where we've uh, focused our energy and our effort, and I think that's really driven a lot of improvement in our firm. So, talk to us about that. So, 2015, um, kind of going back that five-year period, when we went out to the market and we looked at our services and and how well we were performing, um, you know, w- w- what did we really find about about ourselves? Well, much like our culture, which was diverse and not very aligned. We found that our differentiators just, they were superficial, they were inconsistent from region to region, from office to office. And so we thought we had the right ideas about what our clients wanted, um, and but we didn't have anything to really back up our claims. Yeah, no data. Yeah, no data, right? And so um, we lacked a lot of consistency. Um, our differentiators might change from one office to the next. Um, and I think that as we started to try and refine what we wanted those differentiators to be, um, we started sitting in the processes and tracking capabilities to be able to put data behind what we were claiming. And, and if you don't have that, you really, you really don't have a differentiator. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So we, we, at that point, uh, we really set on that journey to create aligned and meaningful differentiators across the company. Um, Talk to us about what we learned in that process. Well, we learned that <clears throat> it's not overly complicated to come up with a, a list of differentiators. And in the engineering world, everybody's searching for something to, to make them stand out. And I think that that's one of the, the problems with, with engineering companies is they latch onto the things they think that their clients really want to hear. Um, I think that listening to the client is vitally important, right? You need to know what resonates in the marketplace. Um, but you also have to take what they say a little bit with a grain of salt. So like Henry Ford said, if, if I listened to my clients, I would have built a faster horse. So true, true, and we have to take that into consideration too. Um, so we listened and we tried to build into the things that our clients were saying into our business model, right? So um, it, it's, it all works with our culture to try and weave together our differentiators and so that... <clears throat> Um, we can we can make our clients successful and be successful ourselves. So the labor settling business that we're in, it, it's hard to find that top talent. And so you need to be you need to be showing them your differentiators and about how they're affecting your culture and your clients. And so that's kind of one of those weird nexus points where it's your employees, your clients, and the public. They all come together. They all have wants and needs, and you need to be able to recognize what those are and shape what you do to try and address those needs. Yeah, we hear at times, particularly in our industry, people will say, well, we're a very uh, client-centric organization or we're a very employee-centric organization. And I think that's exactly what we have found is it's at that intersection point uh, where all of those um all those wants and needs are aligned that, that you can really create um, some success in, in differentiating in. So you talked about how it's not complicated. So if it's not complicated, um, how do you keep your competitors from replicating it? Well, that's just it. You can't go for the, the easy things, the low-hanging <laughs> fruit, right? So it, you, have to, you have to look in areas that are difficult for your competitor to copy you. You, you do want to be unique. And so um, it's not easy, and it takes a massive amount of effort on our part 
to be able to substantiate our differentiators, as you know. Um, it's easy for somebody to say, well, we use the cutting edge technology and the best equipment. Well, I can go and buy that. Any, anybody can, right? This yeah. is, it's the same thing by um, price points, right? So if I lower my prices, every, all of my competition can lower prices too. Those aren't good differentiators. You, you want something that's very hard to follow. Yeah, exactly. So we walked down this journey. I mean, what, what did it ultimately result in from, from your perspective? Well, as I said before, you know, we're trying to weave together our differentiators um, into the culture of the company so that any one of our employees could tell you what's different about us and what makes us great. Um, we're trying to distance ourselves from our competitors by truly being unique and different. Um, and I think that that's going to really help us because for people to try and copy what we do, they'd have to basically tear down their organization and rebuild it from scratch. It's, it's basically what we had to do, right? So um, it, it's very difficult. And there's a couple of precedents in the industry or actually in the world, maybe not our industry, but like uh, Southwest Airlines and what they did, you know, all through the 80s, 90s. Um, is a good example, or maybe even Chick-fil-A, right? So those two companies, they have outstanding cultures, and it permeates everything that they do, and their clients, they see that, you know, yeah. and they, they kind of buy into that, and that's what makes them so so robust. Now, airline industry isn't exactly going crazy right now. They're <laughs> struggling, so we get it, but, um, but other people have tried to follow Southwest Airlines path and, and they just haven't been successful. Yeah, I mean, you think about those two organizations you bring up, Chick-fil-A and Southwest Airlines, um, if you engage with their people, you even get a different experience from their competitors. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it does. It permeates through those organizations. Well, that's why clients come back. Yeah, absolutely. I think we hope to, to do the same thing. So, um, so we don't differentiate on technology. Um, we don't differentiate on price. Those aren't those aren't uh, really wide moat differentiation points. So where is it that we do differentiate? So it, it's pretty simple, right? Um, we just center our service model around how we can do things effectively and efficiently to deliver the quality product that we want to give to our clients. Yeah, yeah it's amazing how simple it is, but how hard it is to replicate. So I think it's really neat, Tobin, as we've as we've walked through this journey, the amount of alignment that it's that it's generated in the organization. Um, so I think now looking across the organization, if you walk around uh, and ask folks what our core values are or what are our points of differentiation, both from a, uh, the standpoint of the employee and from the standpoint of the client, I think our folks are in general able to articulate those things. Whereas five years ago, that that wasn't really the case. And it's pr pretty exciting, I think. So, um, you know, I think. All this has really led, we've basically taken and rebuilt the company. And when, when you look back over the last five years, it's been a lot of work, um, a lot of effort. So I think that kind of drives me to, to my next question for you. I mean, we've innovated a lot. We've changed a lot. You know, when, when, can, when, is too mu when is change too much? When have you changed too much? When, when, when can you stop? Uh, when can you stop innovating? Never. Yeah, you, you can't ever stop innovating and changing. It's, if you're not continually improving, um, things will go stale. Your clients will become dissatisfied. Your employees will become dissatisfied. So, you have to keep challenging yourself to reach new heights. It's part of. It's kind of now. It's part of our culture of self improvement. Yeah. Um, you know, company improvement. So we're always trying to refine our quality of our products, delivery times. Yeah. Everything. I think that's an interesting point. It really has. 
I think you can see it even in our in our employees. And I, I kind of want to get your opinion on that. I mean, how, how do our employees feel about all, all this change that, that we've gone through and, and the steps that we've made? It's a good it's a good question. The employees have had to endure a lot of change, and change management is very important. Um, I think if you ask them, they would be very proud of the changes that we've made. Looking back on where we were in 2015 to where we are today, I think that all of them would be very proud of what we've done. And it's affected everybody. We've had to start a whole process of career pathing for our employees, right? So this affects you know, your recruiting and retention. And you can't, nobody, employees aren't going to be happy if they can't see where they're going to be in your organization in three, four, five, ten years, right? So it's, it's they have a career trajectory that you have to be cognizant of. And really, you need to map it out for them. Otherwise, they really don't buy into your plan. So we've had to do that for almost all of our employees, and it's taken years. It really is a very large undertaking uh, to career path an entire company. So when you have a good career path company, it makes it so much easier to recruit people into it. And I think that it's changed the quality of the recruits that we are seeing because they see that it's continually improving. And so that kind of it gives them something to, to, to rely upon. It's not just a bunch of promises that the recruiter made to the employee, and we can put it on paper and show them. It's a very powerful tool. So I think that overall the employees are very happy with what we've done. And it, while there may be some growing pains with change, change management is, is always a challenge. Yeah, I think they should be excited. I mean, we everybody had to really row this this boat to 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 really transform the organization over that five year period is pretty pretty impressive so tobin i want to tie back into uh, really the last topic for today um, we spent a lot of time talking about um, all these great things that we've done over the last five years really to improve the company from an organic growth standpoint um, you know would jones and carter ever do uh, an m a deal would we ever get back into that game you certainly can't rule it out. You know, I think that there's there's the right time and the right place, and I don't think that I don't think that you could just let's, let me step back. There was a long time when that would have been a terrible idea for Jones and Carter because we weren't internally correct, right? We weren't aligned. It was a fractured kind of company, and until we got to the point where we knew who we were and we were very confident in an alignment would we ever consider doing an acquisition? So I think it, it's not something that we could ever rule out. But we're also, we also understand that you just can't, you can't go purchase a, a company that's not growing and add it to a non-growing company and expect, <laughs> expect it to get any bigger than just the sum of those two numbers, right? We want something that, that continues to grow. Um, so it's really a combination of organic and acquisitional growth. We can't rule it out. It's awesome. Well, it's been a lot of fun sitting down and visiting with you today. I appreciate you coming on uh, and, and kind of sharing the journey that we've been on for the last five years from your perspective. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. And thank you all for tuning in again to this episode. Uh, we're glad you joined us today. Uh, if, if you've enjoyed this episode, please go on, give us a five-star rating, leave us a nice comment. We would love to get that feedback. Um, we also ask that you would follow us on social media, subscribe uh, to our podcast uh, so that you'll see future episodes. And we look forward to seeing you on a future episode of Texas by Design. Thank you again for joining us.